Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Hustle Faithfully podcast where determination meets devotion. Follow us on all major streaming platforms. You can find the list of them at www.hustlefaithfully.com. Today, we're going to have a little bit of what may be a dicey subject, a dicey topic. Are all organized religions a cult? Before we get into the discussion, I'm going to read the definition of cult. A particular system of religious worship, especially with reference to its rites and ceremonies. An instance of great veneration of a person, ideal, or thing, especially as manifested by a body of admirers. Jumping over, that was dictionary.com, and jumping over to Webster's Dictionary, there, there's four different definitions. A religion regarded as an unorthodox or spurious, great devotion to a person, idea, object, movement, or work, such as a film or a book. A system of religious beliefs and rituals. And a system for the cure of disease based on dogma set forth by its... So, Ricardo, Mm -hmm. just a quick answer with your upbringing with your life with your faith with your beliefs are all organized religions a cult when i say all i mean all no based on my upbringing my upbringing and all i've been taught says no that's based on my upbringing okay that all religions are not cults um but like i said that's just the upbringing. Okay. Give me an example of a religion that you would classify as a cult and give me an example of a religion that you would classify as not a cult. Well, based on upbringing, it wasn't necessarily about the religion as much as it was about uh, the belief systems like um, the Branch Davidians with uh, David Koresh. That was considered a cult, mm-hmm. according to upbringing, a smaller group of people that were believing uh, things that were uh, contrary or outside of what the main three or the big three religions are, which is Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. There's a smaller group of people. Was it, this wasn't a massive group of people. There's a smaller group that have this belief that's outside of or in some ways seen as inferior to what the others would believe as a whole. And so, in a sense, this was a cult because of the this small group that are believing outside of the big three and believing something that was sinister in nature because of how they practice and what they did. Okay. So... Based on one of the definitions, Mm -hmm. it was talking about a small group. Mm -hmm. Is small defined to you? It appears on what you just said Mm -hmm. that small is defined on you in scale in reference to Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. Mm -hmm. Is that how you would look at it? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this is all based off of off of things that have been taught more or less historically for a number of people that most people, the majority of people are going to fall in the line of believing that um, most religions are not a cult based on 
the majority of people falling within those three categories of uh, being um, in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. So most people in the world are going to fall within those categories. So the ones that are outside of that and these small individual sects of people, these people that believe in these things that seem to be, you know, let's say uh, someone who's a, a devil worshiper. That's outside of the big three. And they have these beliefs that are co totally contrary to all of them in every facet, you know, and the, the rituals and all these things that are done, people will consider those a cult, mm -hmm. you know? So we're talking about the, what the majority believe and without even having to poll people, you can look up the, the stats that are available and look at the fact that most of the world is, is, is within those, those three categories by and large. So most uh, other religious beliefs and sects outside of that, that are doing things such as this particular one was other branch Davidians are those guys. What was the, what was the guy's name name that had all those people drink that poison years yes. ago? Um, and that was a cult. They followed this guy in these beliefs to the point of taking this poison because of these, these beliefs mm -hmm. that cause all of them to die. That's the idea of, of things that are a cult. Okay. Going back to the definition, a particular system of religious worship, all religions fall under that, mm -hmm. especially with reference to its rites and ceremonies. And an instant of great veneration of a person, ideal, or thing, especially as manifested in a body of admirers. Mm -hmm. So you look at that, and just full transparency, I am not overly familiar with what Judaism or Islam or any other religion other than Christianity right. teach. So I'm not going to get in depth with, with their teachings, with their practices, with their beliefs, because I'm speaking outside of my sphere of knowledge. Well, the, these are the three Abrahamic religions that right. came out of Abraham, uh, Ishmael, Isaac. So that's, that's the genesis of, of, of those three religions. They came out of that just as a point of reference. Okay. All right. Yet you, you just mentioned Abraham, Isaac, Ishmael going back to the, Definition, mm -hmm. an instance of great veneration of a person. Wouldn't that cause all three of them to fall under cult? That's if that's if that's what you believe is a cult, then yeah. Okay. But for the person that believes it's like this, like this other definition, a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded as others as from others as strange or sinister. Or the one that says a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. Like all of these are definitions. So it's what did you grow up believing or what definition are you are you reading? You know, is what it comes down to. Because if I believe one and someone else believes the other, who's right? Mm -hmm. And who's wrong? Like, or, or, or does it matter? Because at the end of the day, for me, even though I grew up believing that there are certain groups and, and certain uh, beliefs that were a part of the cult. I don't care either way because what I believe d d has nothing to do with whether it's labeled a cult or not. It has to do with who I believe in and why I believe it Okay, over how someone perceives it. Where this really came up as a talking point for me mm -hmm. was I had a conversation with somebody 
recently and Freemasons came mm-hmm. up and this person said they're a cult. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you know about them? I know nothing about them, but they're a cult. Right. So that really fired off my brain in saying, how can you know that something is labeled as anything right? cult or anything else without knowing what they teach, without right. knowing what they believe, without knowing anything? Because I even pointed out to that person, I said, they are advertising to me on Facebook for some reason. And according to what I have seen, I haven't looked into it in depth, but according to what I have read is they say, we are not a cult or, Mm -hmm. or we are not a religion. Excuse me. We are not a religion. Yeah. Now I also understand that people will say we are not Mm -hmm. when they are. Yes. Yes. Um, so I, I understand that again, I'm not going to place judgment on Freemasons or anybody else, because Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. I don't know what they teach. Mm -hmm. It could be the best thing in the world that lines up with every religion in the world for all Mm -hmm. I know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it intrigued me that somebody can know for a fact that something is a cult Mm -hmm. and know nothing about it. Right. That's about the equivalent of walking down the street, seeing somebody on the street and saying, I know about them. Right. Just because Mm -hmm. racism is is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. This person is this way because of the color of their skin right. or because of their nationality or because of where they were born. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. Right. There is no basis of fact on what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Get to know the person, get to know the the group, get to know whatever, and then form your opinion. Right. But when I really got to thinking about it and looking at the definitions, it appears to me that everything is a cult. Every organized religion would be a cult. Mm-hmm. And like you and I talked about, it depends on what definition you're looking at. Absolutely. Because there are definitions that, without question, put every religion as a cult. Mm -hmm. And there are some that not so much align with that. Mm -hmm. So it's an intriguing thought to me. And I don't want the listeners to be caught up in a situation where they don't think outside of the box Mm -hmm. of what a belief could be of what they truly believe in. Right. Because I am one that is complete. I have a complete belief that if you have a belief in anything, whether it's your religion, your God, your marriage, your whatever, fill in the blank, your work, and you cannot defend it. Mm -hmm. How much faith do you really have in that subject, that right. topic. If you can't defend it, I question how much understanding of it you have. Right. Because you can have faith in anything. Mm-hmm. That's that's easy to do. Mm-hmm. But to have basis for your faith, that gets a little more challenging. Right. Right. And when you are born, I mean, this is true across the entire world. If you are in America there's a real good chance that you go to a Christian church. If you're in wherever Islam is huge, there's a real good chance that you were born and raised in an Islamic church. I think it is so dangerous to be caught up in whatever you were born in. Of course, right now we're talking religion Mm -hmm. and never question anything else, including your own. I believe that anything that you're going to believe in, if you're in the pursuit of truth, then you have to question whether what you're believing is in fact that. 
you know, in your pursuit of it. Because if I think what I have is true without being willing to pursue truth in the sense of at times being willing to be wrong in what I believe, then I can't say that I'm actually in pursuit of absolute truth if I'm not willing to believe that I might be wrong mm -hmm. in what I believe in. Right. Now, that just means that, that for me, I'm always open to learn because I don't know everything. I have to be willing to say, you know what, I might be wrong about this until I get to a place where I'm like, no, I'm not wrong about this. Why? Because I have something absolute to tie it to. Mm -hmm. And for me, someone else's belief system may tell them, no, that's absolute fine. That's that's OK. I'm not going to anchor mine there because that's not absolute for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying my truth, your truth. No, there is one standard of truth. And so if there is one standard of truth in my view from my religious beliefs as a Christian, then that's what I'm going to anchor mine to. And so at that point, I stopped. I stopped trying to believe everything. I stand in the place of believing this because this is something that I can anchor myself to because I can point to it. And anytime something's said, I can always point to something that doesn't move. And it's been that way. What about you believe in something your whole life? Mm -hmm. Don't care how old you are. Mm -hmm. And you get to a point where, number one, you question it. Mm -hmm. And number two, as you question it more and more and more, mm -hmm. you're like, I may have been wrong my whole life. Yeah. That is hard to comprehend. Something that you believe in for your mm -hmm. whole life. Mm -hmm. And then you come to your present state mm -hmm. and you say, was I wrong? Mm -hmm. and, and that's going to happen. That is absolutely going to happen. And it has happened to every single person that I, that has ever lived at some point. There's something that they realized that they thought was true that wasn't true. I believe in, in, in Santa Claus at one point. I mean, you couldn't say anything different. Right. There's people that still literally believe in a freaking Easter bunny right now. Now, I'm just I'm just talking about those. And there's other things that are not just that, that people will believe in. You brought up racism earlier. That was people that grew up with, with this superiority complex that these people are this and those people are that. And that's absolute. And that's true. Guess what? You realize at some point, maybe that's not right. accurate. So. That's just the nature of being in a fallen world, being fallen people with a fallen nature and having imperfect ways and thoughts where you're going to think that you know it all at times and realize I absolutely know nothing. How do you deal with that? By being OK with it. I've, I'm OK not knowing everything. So because if I if I don't know everything, it means I got other things I can learn. Life can always be fresh and new to me. Why? Because there's always something more to learn because I don't know everything. That allows me to have conversations with people that allows me to read things with the understanding that when I read it, I expect to learn something. I don't read it with, I already know. What the heck are you reading it for then? You know, why am I talking to anybody then? Because I got it all. I'm okay with that. And because I'm okay with it, I don't have to, I don't have to do anything other than continue learning and growing. And, and, and those things that, that are proven wrong, I get rid of them. You keep moving, you know? So I'm going to call out a couple of relig religions, if we can call them that. Mm -hmm. Some time ago, I walked into the house, walked into my bedroom, and my wife was watching a show about Scientology. And I'll be real with you, I was uneasy mm -hmm. at first. I'm like, you don't need to bring that crap into the house. Yet, 
I listened to her. Mm-hmm. She was just interested to see what it was. Right. We ended up watching the entire thing, and it was Leah Remini talking about how Scientology is, in fact, a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, she was real big in the Scientology religion, cult, whatever you want to call it. Right. And one of their beliefs of he's it's L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the episode. I laugh about it now, but I remember watching the episode when the Miss Cabbage, which is the second guy in command, announced that L. Ron Hubbard had left his body. I don't remember exactly what he said. To me, it was comical listening to it. Mm -hmm. Because L. Ron Hubbard is coming back. And I don't remember exactly how all of it pulls together, but L. Ron Hubbard's supposed to come back and do whatever he's supposed to do, Mm. whatever it is. L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard, yeah. So (laughs) it was intriguing to me. And watching the show, hearing her synopsis on exactly how it's a cult, Mm -hmm. we went out to Los Angeles, and they have two or three different locations there in Hollywood. We went by every one of them. Well, we went by two of them. Mm-hmm. The big church, we it was off the beaten path, so we didn't go. But the other ones are on Hollywood Boulevard, so we stopped by them. All the windows were covered up. Mm-hmm. All the doors were locked. They had security roaming the outside of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, we knocked on one of the doors. They peeked through, and once they knew that we were kind of there to see the building, of course, they wouldn't let us in, but they mm-hmm. also watched us. I mean, they came out on the sidewalk, and it was very clear that they were watching us. Mm-hmm which is interesting to me. What are you hiding? What are you covering up? But here's the thing. When I got to thinking about it, L. Ron Hubbard died and is coming back. It's the same thing that Christians believe about Jesus. Hmm. L. Ron Hubbard. When did L. Ron Hubbard die? Uh, don't, don't ask me too many in-depth questions. It, it was, I don't know, 5, uh, 10, 20 years ago. I don't remember. There's no comparing the, the two of those the deaths and and that whole belief system to one another i mean what what historical references are there for l ron hubbard or what prophecies are were there for regarding him for thousands of years that have been fulfilled throughout his lifetime that are i mean like what has l ron hubbard done that can be in any way uh, looked at as anything other than someone who decided to start something because they believe something different and they got a bunch of other people on board with what they believe, like Charles Russell did with Jehovah's Witnesses back in the late 1800s. It just out of the blue just came up just suddenly. And then we're then you're, we're supposed to put that in the same category as Jesus, these people in the same category. For someone who has over 30,000 references and historical references in books from, from people that were believers and not believers, from scholars for all these thousand years that are written different things about them, even the uh, Muslims believe in, in Jesus, even if they don't believe the same things about it, they believe in his right. existence. How can someone out of the blue just come up with a different belief system and all of a sudden it's, it's accepted? Anybody can do that mm-hmm. with no historical references or proofs of anything that's been said about them or from them, you know, at all. It's just, hey, this is what we believe. Sure. Yeah. So now nah, I, I couldn't possibly place 
anybody or that person specifically in the same category as Christ because yes, it's that's there's no comparison. Got it. Why would if from the Christian faith, the one true God, mm-hmm. the only is as powerful as the Bible puts him out to be, why would he allow things like Scientology to start? Forget start, but grow to the enormity that they are. I think they, they're like $2 billion now. And I know compared to Islam and stuff like that, that's that's chump change. I understand that. But why would it not just be shut down? Or I could ask the same thing. Let, let's bring it into the Christian church. Mm-hmm. Being real, there's there's a lot of, what is it called? Sheeps and wolves clothing? Mm-hmm. Or wolves and sheep clothing. Mm-hmm. And it's a fallen church. It's a fallen pastor. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I had the conversation before we started recording about when you put your faith in the person in the pulpit, mm-hmm. then you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree with that. Yeah. But why would he allow whether it's Scientology or whether it's a church within the Christian church mm-hmm. to grow and to flourish if it's not the real thing. Let me ask you a question as a parent. You teach your children the right way to do things. And they get to an age where they decide that they're just going to do what they're going to do no matter what you say or what you teach them. Mm-hmm. Because at some point they have the ability to choose for themselves. Sure. They may choose to, to do something in life where you wanted them to become a doctor, but they said, I'm going to be a DJ. You said, that's foolish. You're going to fail at that. You're not going to be that. That's dumb to do that. At all I taught you, this is what I get out of this. And they go on and they, it may not be the thing you wanted them to do, but they somehow managed to make a successful living out of being a DJ mm-hmm. because they chose to do it. It wasn't something you allowed. They did it because they had the, the ability to choose to do it. Same thing. God has a, a given us the ability to choose. Love isn't love unless you have the ability to not choose it. Sure. Same with him. I agree. Okay, going a step further, you can you can start it. Why does he allow it to grow? Why does he allow stuff like that to prosper? Like I said, did, did, think about this now. How many people do we know in the world right now that we can say Hitler prospered? How many people throughout history have prospered had nothing to do with whether God allowed or, or didn't allow. It had to. They, they had to do whether they is this something that they chose to do. Drug dealers prosper financially if they're really good at it. Is that something that God chose for them to do, or something God is necessarily allowing them to grow in this quote unquote profession? No. Even the wicked, even evil people can prosper if they do certain things to prosper. Like there are certain principles. That even for a person who is not a believer, there, there are biblical principles that are so powerful that if you do use those principles, even if you're not a believer, they're so powerful, they're going to work either way. And it has nothing to do with God prospering you. It has everything to do with you using the right principles and you prospering. There are certain laws of money, laws of the world that... I know many people that have practiced them mm-hmm. and many of them are worth nine figures. Yeah. Why is it that everybody doesn't get that? Why is it that the laws, uh, I'm going to call it the laws of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's a 
dicey term within the Christian world as a whole, but I'm going to call it the laws of the world. Things like the laws of attraction, laws of reciprocity, things of that nature, okay? You follow them, and I'm not going to say you're guaranteed success, but you are a whole lot closer to achieving what you're going out to achieve Mm -hmm. when you put them into place. Mm-hmm. Now, can those be found in the Bible? Which part now? Well, any of them. Let, let's let's uh, pick on the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, now, you define the law of attraction for because there's people listening right now that may not know what that is. What is the law of attraction? Have you ever been driving down the road? Okay, I'll, I'll put this into my life. You know me well enough to know I want a Lamborghini. We drive a Suburban. My wife's car is a Suburban, and I drive that more than I drive any of my vehicles. I call it the Burbs Guinea. Mm-hmm. It's my crossover before I get to my Lamborghini. There are times that I will paddle shift while I'm driving. Now, there's no paddles on that vehicle. Right. My wife, when she sees me doing it, she still laughs at me to this. When I'm doing stuff like that, I will look over, and almost every single time, mm-hmm. a Lamborghini will pass me. Or I'll be in a parking lot and there's a Lamborghini sitting there. Right. Now, you know where we live. We definitely don't live in a poor rundown area. Mm-hmm. We also don't live in Beverly Hills. But it's not an uncommon thing for that to happen. Mm-hmm. There's a very simplistic example of law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Something that I think is easily relatable to a lot of people. Even if they don't have a car fetish, mm-hmm. they could probably understand us. Well, see, uh, for me, I, things like that for myself, I, I attribute a, a lot of that to how we've conditioned our, our, our mind to see things that we wouldn't see unless we were already have already predisposed ourselves to the idea of seeing it. This is what I want. It's like when I when we got a certain car a few years ago, we had a, a Mountaineer. We had never really paid attention to Mountaineers on the road. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize how many were out there until we had one. Right. Why? We have one. Mm-hmm. I, we see it every day. So our mind is conditioned to notice them more. They didn't appear more. They've always been there. We saw them more because we were conditioned to see them because we are seeing it. Sure. When people talk about mindsets, that's what mindsets are. I am conditioning myself to see the things that will lead me to the thing that I'm wanting to have or wanting to possess or wanting to do. So I create space in my, my, my mind that allows me to do things in my life that brings those things that are in my mind outward so they become my life. You know, so I've conditioned myself to now see the steps now uh, create the relationships or whatever it is that you need to do, the activities that lead to those things that are here. So that's that's what I think of. That's what I see when I talk about um, attraction or or law of attraction myself. That's what I see is the, the conditioning of the mind to see the things that allows you to do the things that it takes to get the things that you want. Okay. L. Ron Hubbard, David Miscavige, when they started Scientology, mm-hmm. how much law of attraction did they put into place to be able to bring at something as an example of the cult, a cultish following, mm-hmm. a religious following? Because like we've established, that can be interchangeable. How much of that could be attributed to something such as law of, of attraction or law of reciprocity? And this one's, this one's an easy one. Law of reciprocity, give and it will be given unto you. Yes, that's biblical. You asked the question about the successes that they've had. Yes. Those being attributed to the law of attraction. If I'm in a place where, let's just say that we're in a place where there's a bunch of drowning people and 
I have the only boat in the area that will provide people with um, with safe passage or a place where they can seek refuge. Was it necessarily that they were attracted to me or what I was doing or were, were they not wanting to die? They didn't want to die. They weren't necessarily attracted to me or to what I had. In their mind, they were seeking out safety. They were trying not to drown. They didn't care if it was a, it was, it was a monkey with a balloon that kept them afloat. They would have grabbed a hold to it. So something like that, when you got people who are living in uh, living a certain way and Christianity isn't appealing to them because in their mind, I can't do this or I can't do that. It's not I get to do so and so I or I get to do that or, or I get to become. It's I don't get to do this mm-hmm. or I don't get to do that. So now someone comes along with a belief system that allows you to not have to change where you can just kind of do what you want. You can be who you want. You can act the way you want in certain senses. So to me, that is attractive, not necessarily the the person, not necessarily any of these other things. It's I don't want to do that because I want to do this. So because I want to do that, I'm going to go over here because they allow me to do that. So that's why I went over there. That I guess that's the attraction is I don't want that and I want this. So that's where I'm going to go. A free will with no repercussions. That's essentially what it is. Like if I can have that, that that's what that whole added, that whole statement about I have my cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to be able to do both. I want to be able to feel like I'm pursuing God while sleeping with my neighbor's wife. That's the best of both worlds. I may be, you mean to tell me I can do this and not feel bad? I can be a, a homosexual pastor and have a, a, a man as my, my husband or my wife, however they decide to, right. to switch these roles up. I want to be able to do that and say uh, that I'm I'm serving the Lord at the same time, even though I just chose intentionally to marry this person that I know the Bible says this about. I'm going to intentionally do this and I'm going to stand here before you and I'm going to lead a group of people and tell you I love the Lord. Um, I can't say that that's right. Okay. So based on what you said earlier, you made the comment, the big three, Mm -hmm. when we were talking about cult and you said the big three religions being Christianity, Islam and Judaism. Mm -hmm. So is it your stance that based on the definition that you're looking at? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have it up anymore. Those, and that's okay. Those three are religions. Everything else are cults. Is that, am I understanding that? No. Mm-mm. That's, that's not what I believe. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about what the majority of people were probably the, the, the place that they were probably be in is that, all these others that are outside of uh, of those three, that there's a great chance that people will view them as cults. Buddhism, I don't know if anybody views that as a cult or not. It's a, it's a major religion. It's a different religion with the understanding that these these groups that believe these things that are, that, let's just say, um, like I talked about earlier, these things that are sinister in nature, these things that are misplaced, what becomes about a single individual walking around the, the talked about the branch of idiots. They followed this man walking around. They followed these beliefs that, that were unfounded, that you couldn't find nobody anywhere that believed the way that they were believing, except some other groups of people that believed like them that were outside of this. I talked about the big three because those are the big three, the main religion. I don't have the belief that every other religion is a cult. It was just those things that that were these groups that decided to to extract themselves out of the normal religious belief systems, whether they was this one, that one or the other, 
that believed these things that were, you know, there are some things that's borderline out here. Those things that lead people to do things that they probably shouldn't be doing are those things that are outright wrong. And we know they're wrong, but these people are drinking blood. They're, you know, involved in, you know, sacrificing of children, which that stuff is actually going on nowadays. Those are the things that you would consider from my upbringing to be. A now, does any of that matter as far as the, the, the what you how you label it? Don't uh, you can you can call it a they can call them basketball players. It wouldn't matter to me. Colt basketball player. Same thing. You know, as far as if that's what you decide to call it. So none of that really matters at the end of the day. What do you believe? What that's the thing that matters to me most. Not what you call it, what basket you place it in, but what do you actually believe and how and can you articulate your beliefs in a way and show someone why you believe that and show them where it is and then lead them to that. If that's what you're trying to do, you can articulate it that way where it makes any sense to someone, you know, so that that's my own personal beliefs, if it makes any sense. Well, let us hear from you, from our viewers, from our listeners. What's your stance? Is every religion a cult? Are only certain ones? How do you define that? What does that look like to you? This is an intriguing subject that can be viewed in so many different ways. Yeah, it can. And that's the excitement to me personally, is diving into these types of conversation. Uh, because like Ricardo said earlier, it depends on what definition you're looking at. And when I see a definition that says that it is about essentially idolizing and looking up to a specific being, whether in human form or not. To me, every religion that I'm aware of would fall under that. But again, there's multiple definitions to the word cult. So we'd be intrigued to hear what you have to say. Drop it in the comments. Let us know what you think. And maybe we'll circle back around to this subject at a later date once we see some more comments and, and see your thoughts and your feelings. Are you involved with a separate religion? I say separate because both Ricardo and I were born and raised. Well, we were raised Christian. Can't say born Christian, but we were raised Christian. Are you a part of another religion and you'd like to come on and have this conversation with us? Are you a part of a cult and you'd like to have this conversation with us? Are they called cults within? I mean, I, I don't I don't know how that works. I know on the Scientology thing that Leah Remini did, mm -hmm. she was calling it out for being a cult. So clearly they don't refer to themselves as a cult. Uh, I, I mean, don't know how that works. Well, most most cults or people think are, are groups that people consider cults, they won't call themselves that. You okay. Know? I mean Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it's not human nature to call yourself something that has a derogatory. You know? Understood. Understood. So if you are involved in a religion separate than Christianity, let's just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. We would love to have you come on and communicate with us. You've seen Ricardo and I back and forth today on this very episode. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we come in right now with differing views. Yet he's not tearing me down. I'm not tearing him down. It's good dialogue. Mm -hmm. Come on. We'd love to enter. We'll respect you. You respect us. And let's have a good time. Let's learn a lot more about each other and about the religions of the world. It's valuable to everybody. But just understand and when you choose to come on that if you're going to come and talk about it, then be willing to talk about it, you know, be willing to bring whatever it is you have and talk about it. And at that point, 
then it won't just be us having dialogue about what we think and how we feel and how we see it. You will pull out what you have. We'll pull out what we have because I, I will not have a conversation just simply about how I feel uh, with someone regarding their their religion or their belief system, because what I'm not going to do is tear yours down and uh, mine won't be torn down. I'm going to pull out scripture because I, I will use it. We didn't talk a whole lot about specific scriptures today because of the context of the conversation. But believe me that that will be on the table and it will be used and we will talk about it if that's the choice you make to come on and talk about it. I'm open minded. John is open minded. But at the end of the day, we're not going to hinge what we believe on just what somebody thinks or feels. They're going to be absolutes that that. Uh, the discussion will hinge on based on, you know, what I, what I, what I see as an absolute, what John may believe is an absolute as, as Christians. And then respectfully, um, what you believe is an absolute. And then if we choose to agree, we agree. If we disagree, we disagree, but we won't be disagreeable on the podcast. So we welcome y'all and appreciate you all for listening. Just drop us a comment and let us know that you'd like to come on and we'll get it organized and we'll get it recorded and have a great time with you guys. Absolutely. Remain blessed and unstoppable until we see you again. Talk to you guys later.